Hi, I'm Megan Bach, and you're listening to The Explainer, a podcast from First Capital. On this podcast, we speak with experts at First Capital and across the real estate industry. Today, we're speaking with our very own Luke Fortin, Vice President of Development about our Wilderton Centre, located north of downtown Montreal. Thank you, Luke, for being here. Hey, Megan. A pleasure for me to be here today. Actually, before we get started, Luke, am I saying Wilderton correctly? Is it Wilderton or Wilderton? Actually, no one seems to be able to answer that question. Uh, some do say Wilderton. I, I, for myself, I say Wilderton. It's been kind of a running joke, uh, running joke at the office here. The street is actually named after Cornelius Wilderton, which is a senior executive in the train operation for a long time ago. So the only person I could find that could answer that question would be his descendant, but we have not located them so far. Well, it sounds like we're going to have to wait to get confirmation on that one. And for those of us not so familiar with the Montreal surrounding area, myself included, can you give us a bit of a feel for the neighborhood that the center is located in? The site is actually in the center of the island of Montreal. I would say it's Midtown. Uh, it's a very urban and, and dense neighborhood called Côte des Neiges, which literally means slope of snow. It's adjacent to Outremont, a wealthy area. And it's actually just north of the mountain, the Mont Royal. Uh, it's very close to the University of Montreal uh, campus. And the area is also home to several major hospitals and, and a very uh, cosmopolite population. Uh, the site is also serviced by subway station uh, to the south and a future REM, the light rail project, stationed to the north. So it's very urban. I would say it's super urban. And what makes a property like Wilderton Center a great candidate for redevelopment into a multi-story mixed-use development? The property was built in the 1950s as a Steinberg food store. Uh, from what we know, there was nothing else before. It was basically field when they did that. Uh, it has evolved to become a typical food anchor strip with a food store, now a metro, at one end and a shoppers at the other end with an internal mall linking those two areas. Uh, this center needed like redevelopment for several reasons. The buildings were very old. They needed re regular and, and more and more repairs and they were definitely not to construction code level anymore. The retail format was also no longer adequate <laughs> For example, the food store was way too small for today's standard. Uh, and the, the delivery facilities, everything that related to the operation were completely obsolete. And, and frankly, uh, maybe most of all, it did not look very good. Um, so what happened is that because of the quality of the building itself, the, the retail offering that we were able to establish was definitely below what the market could support. Uh, but you know, it's, it's difficult to, to bring good tenant, so it needed uh, redevelopment. As we know now, redevelopment of those kinds of centers and, uh, is done through mixed use. And to that effect, the site also had enormous uh, potential. The property is the only retail node in a rather residential area. So mixed use was perfect for the site. Uh, the neighborhood is a very mature area in terms of residential. There is almost no new recent residential units available while the presence of the university and several hospitals supports high demand. Uh, the site also lies at the uh, north edge of the counterfort of the Mont Royal. Uh, so residential views uh, will, have, will be unobstructed all the way to the Laurentian Mountain to the north. And, and if you look south, you will see 
uh, the Mont Royal and the campus of the University of Montreal. You know, basically great views, great market, great location, um, also uh, good service by a transit. So it's perfect location to do mixed use. Before First Capital gets started with a large project like this one, how do you prepare and gain the support of our key tenants? So we have to create the uh, what I call the feasibility window, uh, which is basically a key element is to make sure uh, we have the redevelopment condition uh, to make us uh, complete the project. Concerning the tenants, uh, it's, it's to make sure that we have uh, agreement with anchors and we have all the redev and reload rights that we need to deal with the other tenants of the shopping center. Um, in the case of Wilderton, key tenants were the RBC, shoppers, and especially Metro Food Store. For RBC and shoppers, uh, the project meant uh, that they didn't close during the phasing because we, had, we were able to build the new premises before demolishing the existing premises. So those guys were relocated, but they never closed. Uh, for the Metro Food Store, it was a completely different situation. The size of it, the location of it meant that the Metro had to go dark for at least two years, okay, uh, for us to do the project. So, you know, I would say we had a several discussion that, uh, with them, but it took a little bit of legal process to get to the end of it. Today, I think Metro is on board and uh, they are currently closed and will reopen in uh, summer 2021. So this is a lot of work. And uh, on top of that, you have to deal with the municipal approval. So you have to create uh, your uh, zoning situation to be able to proceed. And you have also have to, to uh, consider the residential market. You need to be able to uh, put the offer of the residential density, whether through a sale or a partnership at the right time where the market can support it. In the case of Wilderton, it took us about three years to create those uh, uh, conditions to proceed with the project. Traditionally, seniors' residence has not been the focus for first capital mixed-use developments. What made this project different? Yeah, we had a lot of discussion on that. Uh, the reality of it is that the um, because we had to close a food store for two years, uh, which was the anchor of the site, uh, it was a problem for them, but it was also a problem for the shopping center because the center uh, quality of service was different and also with, for the community. So we had to make sure that uh, the project could go as fast as possible and not be stopped by any condition because once you start the project, you wanna get to the bottom of it, to the, the end of it as soon as possible. Uh, the residential density uh, in building B where the Metro food store was to be relocated was over 300,000 square feet. Uh, at that time, we couldn't find any residential developer that would have done uh, that amount of density in one phase uh, for rental. And the condo guys would have requested on top of that pre-sale period with condition, you know, let's say I need to reach a certain amount of sale before I start. So this was completely against uh, our objective was to, uh, to run as fast as possible through the project to limit the uh, duration of the closure of the food store. So because of that, um, and, and, because we didn't want those, the disruption of having uh, a residential built in phases above an existing uh, shopping center in operation, we, we decided to find uh, try to find a residential developer that would take the full amount of the 300,000 square feet in one phase without any pre-sale condition. It turns out that the senior market, uh, the senior sector would do that 
And uh, we had a several firms that were interested in the site. So this turned out to be uh, the best partner for this uh, part of the project. I understand that we're working with the University of Montreal to add some art to the site. What can you tell us about that partnership? FCR, uh, as we all know, has an art program. And in Montreal, it always involved Concordia University. But, but for Wilderton, because we were in the backyard of the University of Montreal, and yet we, had a, uh, we are a major service point for its students, we wanted to develop something with them. Uh, we went to see the art department at the university and discussed with them how could the center become a showcase area for the student arts. Um, the result of the discussion uh, were that we, we could use like three areas of the shopping center to present uh, uh, art pieces done by the student. Uh, for example, in, uh, in building an internal staircase, we have a large staircase um, and we could do projection of electronic art film in this area. We also have a, an area which we can present uh, art installation, physical ones. And we also have a catwalk that connects building A and building B. And, and this catwalk, which is a, a very interesting passage, we would also could see some sound art installation. So these, these were offered by the University of Montreal that would will manage all that. It will be done through uh, a yearly uh, contest with the students and the winners will, will be able to showcase their art installation in our center. So our role is to provide the physical amenities and the university will manage the program. Sounds like some interesting installations. I'm looking forward to seeing them once they're ready. Thank you, Luke, for chatting with me today about the Wilderton Center. It's been great to hear about the redevelopment process. Construction-wise, the retail spaces are advancing rapidly and the residential building is going up quickly, sitting at about five stories today. We're expecting Metro to take possession in the spring and our first tenants to open in late summer 2021. At last, this vibrant mixed-use center will be a great amenity to the neighborhood. Tune in next month for another episode. If you have any questions or suggestions, please reach out to communications at fcr.ca. And if you've not already done so, you can subscribe to our newsletter at signup.fcr.ca slash email. Thank you and goodbye.